Author's Preface of Red Men and White. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Wales. Red Men and White by Owen Wister. Author's Preface. To S. B. W. and O. J. W. From Their Son preface these eight stories are made from our western frontier as it was in a past as near as yesterday and almost as bygone as the revolution so swiftly do we proceed they belong to each other in a kinship of life and manners and a little through the nearer tie of having here and there a character in common thus they resemble faintly the separate parts of a whole and gain perhaps something of the invaluable weight of length and they have been received by my closest friends with suspicion many sorts of americans live in america and the atlantic american it is to be feared often has a cautious and conventional imagination in his routine he has lived unaware of the violent and romantic era in eruption upon his soil only the elk hunter has at times returned with tales at which the other atlantic americans have deported themselves politely and similarly but for the assurance of western readers i should have come to doubt the truth of my own impressions all this is most natural if you will look upon the term united states as describing what we are you must put upon it a strict and federal construction we undoubtedly use the city of washington for our general business office and in the event of a foreign enemy upon our coasts we should stand bound together more stoutly than we have shown ourselves since seventeen seventy six but as we are now seldom has a great commonwealth been seen less united in its stages of progress more uneven in its degrees of enlightenment never indeed it would seem have such various centuries been jostled together as they are to-day upon this continent and within the boundaries of our nation we have taken the ages out of their processional arrangement and set them marching disorderly abreast in our wide territory a harlequin platoon we citizens of the united states date our letters eighteen blank and speak of ourselves as living in the present era but the accuracy of that custom depends upon where we happen to be writing while portions of new york chicago and san francisco are of this nineteenth century we have many ancient periods surviving among us what do you say for example to the kentucky and tennessee mountaineers with their vendettas of blood descending from father to son that was once the prevailing fashion of revenge yet even before the day when columbus sailed had certain communities matured beyond it this sprout of the Middle Ages flourishes fresh and green some five hundred miles and five hundred years from New York. In the single state of Texas, 
you will find a contrast more violent still. There, not long ago, an African was led upon a platform in a public place for people to see, and tortured slowly to death with knives and fire. To witness this scene, young men and women came in crowds. It is said that the railroad ran a special train for spectators from a distance. How might that audience of Paris, Texas, appropriately date its letters? not Anno Domini, but many years B.C. The African deserves no pity. His hideous crime was enough to drive a father to any madness, and too many such monsters have by their acts made Texas justly desperate. But for American citizens to crowd to the retribution, and look on as at a holiday show, reveals the Inquisition, the pagans, the Stone Age, unreclaimed in our Republic. On the other hand, the young men and women who will watch side by side the burning of a negro shrink from using such words as bull or stallion in polite society. Many in Texas will say instead male cow and caviard horse, a term spelled as they pronounce it, and consider that delicacy is thus achieved. Yet in this lump Texas holds leaven as sterling as in any state, but it has far to spread. It were easy to proceed from Maine to California, instancing the remote centuries that are daily colliding within our domain, but this is enough to show how little we cohere in opinions. How many states and territories is it that we count united under our stars and stripes? I know that there are some forty-five or more, and that though I belong among the original thirteen, it has been my happiness to journey in all the others, in most of them, indeed, many times, for the sake of making my country's acquaintance. With no spread-eagle brag do I gather conviction each year that we Americans, judged not hastily, are sound at heart, kind, courageous, often of the truest delicacy, and always ultimately of excellent good sense. With such belief, or rather knowledge, it is sorrowful to see our fatal complacence, our as yet undisciplined folly, in sending to our state legislators, and to that general business office of ours at Washington, a herd of mismanagers that seems each year to grow more inefficient and contemptible, whether branded Republican or Democrat. But I take heart, because often and oftener I hear upon my journey the citizens high and low muttering, there's too much politics in this country, and we shake hands. But all this is growing too serious for a book of short stories. They are about Indians and soldiers and events west of the Missouri. They belong to the past thirty years of our development, but you will find some of those ancient surviving centuries in them if you take my view. In certain ones, the incidents, and even some of the names, are left unchanged from their original reality. 
The visit of Young Man Afraid of His Horses to the Little Bighorn and the Rise and Fall of the Young Crow Impostor, General Crook's Surprise of E. Egante, and many other occurrences, noble and ignoble, are told as they were told to me by those who saw them. When our national life, our own soil, is so rich in adventures to record, what need is there for one to call upon his invention save to draw, if he can, characters who shall fit these strange and dramatic scenes? One cannot improve upon such realities. If this fiction is at all faithful to the truth from which it springs, let the thanks be given to the patience and boundless hospitality of the army friends and other friends across the Missouri who have housed my body and instructed my mind. And if the stories entertain the ignorant without grieving the judicious, I am content. End of Preface